Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero. Chapter 15, Piper. Piper woke up and immediately grabbed a mirror. There were plenty of those in the Aphrodite cabin. She sat on her bunk, looked at her reflection, and groaned. She was still gorgeous. Last night, after the campfire, she tried everything. She tried to mess up her hair, wash the makeup off her face, cried to make her eyes red. Nothing worked. Her hair popped back up to perfection. The magic makeup reapplied itself. Her eyes refused to get puffy or bloodshot. She would have changed clothes, but she had nothing to change into. The other Aphrodite campers offered her some, laughing behind her back, she was sure. But each outfit was even more fashionable and ridiculous than what she had on. Now, after a horrible night's sleep, still no change. Piper normally looked like a zombie in the morning, but her hair was styled in a supermodel's and her skin was perfect. Even that horrible zit at the base of her nose, which she'd been, which she'd had for so many days, she started to call it Bob, had disappeared. She growled in frustration and raked her fingers through her hair. No use. The dew just popped back into place. She looked like a, like, Cherokee Barbie. From across the cabin, Drew called, Oh honey, it won't go away. Her voice dripped with false sympathy. Mom's blessing will last at least another day. Maybe a week if you're lucky. Piper gritted her teeth. A week? The other Aphrodite kids, about a dozen girls and five gir- guys, smirked and snickered at her discomfort. Piper knew she would play. She should play cool, not to let them get under her skin. She dealt with shallow, popular kids plenty of times, but this was different. These were her brothers and sisters, even she, if even if she had nothing in common with them. And how Aphrodite had managed to save so many kids so close in age? Never mind. She didn't want to know. Don't worry, hon. Drew blotted her fluorescent lipstick. You're thinking you don't belong here. You wouldn't. Ag- we couldn't agree more. Isn't that right, Mitchell? One of the guys flinched. Um, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Drew took out her mascara and checked her lashes. Everyone else watched, not daring to speak. So anyways, people, 15 minutes until breakfast. The cabin's not going to clean itself. And Mitchell, I think you've earned your less, you've learned your lesson, right, sweetie? So you're on garbage patrol just for today, okay? Show Piper how it's done, because I have a feeling she'll have that job soon. If she survives her quest. Now get to work, everybody. It's my bathroom time. Everybody started rushing around, making beds and folding clothes, while Drew scooped up her makeup kit, hair dryers, and brush, marched into the bathroom. Someone yelped inside, yelped, and a girl about 11 was kicked out, hastily hastily wrapped in towels with shampoo still in her hair. The door slammed shut, and the girl started to cry. A couple of older campers comforted her and wiped the bubbles out of her hair. Seriously? Piper said to no one in particular. You let Drew treat you like that? A few kids shot Piper nervous looks, like they might actually agree, but they said nothing. The campers kept working, though Piper couldn't see the cabin needed much cleaning. It was a life-sized dollhouse with pink walls and white window trim. The lace curtains were pastel blue-green, with color of course matched the sheets and feather comforters on all the beds. The guys had one row of bunks separated by a curtain, but their section of the cabin was just as neat and orderly as the girls. Something was definitely unnatural about that. Every camper had a wooden camp camp chest at their foot of their bunk, with their name painted on it, and Piper guessed that the clothes in, uh, in each chest were neatly folded and color-coordinated. 
The only bit of individualism was how the camper decorated their private bunk spaces. Each had slightly different pictures, take tacked up or whatever sub of celebrities they thought were hot, and few had personal photos too. But most were actors or singers or whatever. Piper hoped she might not see the poster. It had been almost a year since the movie, and she thought by now, surely everyone had torn down those old, tattered advertisements and tacked up something newer. But no such luck. She spotted one on the wall by the storage chest in the middle of a collage of famous hearthrobs. The title was Lord in Red, King of Sparta. Under that, the poster showed the leading man, a three-quarters shot of bare-chest bronze flesh with ripped pectorals, and a six-pack abs. He was clad in only Greek war kilt and a purple cape, sworn in, sword in hand. He looked like he'd been rubbed in oil. His short black hair gleamed with rivulets of sweat pouring off his rugged face, those dark eyes facing the camera as if to say, I will kill your men and steal your woman. Ha ha! It was the most ridiculous poster of all time. Piper and her dad had had a good laugh over it the first time they saw it. Then the movie made a bajillion dollars. The poster graphic popped up everywhere. Piper couldn't get away from it at school, walking down the street, even online. It became the poster. The most embarrassing thing in her life. And yeah, it was a picture of her dad. She looked away so no one thinks she was staring at it. Maybe when everyone went to breakfast, she could tear it down and they wouldn't notice. She tried to look busy, but she didn't have any extra clothes to fold. She straightened her bed, then realized the top blanket was the one Jason had wrapped her around her shoulders last night. She picked it up and pressed it to her face. It smelled of wood sm smoke, but unfortunately not of Jason. He was the only person who had been genuinely nice to her after the claiming. Like he cared about how she felt, not just her new stupid clothes. God, she wanted to kiss him, but it, she he'd seemed so uncomfortable, almost scared of her. He, she couldn't really blame him. She'd been glowing pink. Excuse me, said a voice by your feet. The garbage patrol kid guy was Michael. Crawling around on all fours, picking up chocolate wrappers and crumpled notes from under the bunk beds. Apparently, the Aphrodite kids weren't 100% neat freaks after all. She moved out of his way. What do you do to make Drew mad? He glanced over to make sure it was still closed. Last night, after you claimed... I said you might not be so bad. It wasn't much of a compliment, but Piper was stunned. An Aphrodite kid actually stood up for her? Thanks, she's, uh, she said. Michael shrugged. Yeah, we'll see where he got me. But for what it's worth, welcome to Cabin 10. A girl with blonde pigtails and braces raced up with a big pile of clothes in her arms. She looked around furiously, like she was delivering nuclear materials. I brought you these, she whispered. Piper? Meet Lacey, Michael Mitchell said, still crawling around on the floor. Hi, Lacey said, breathless. You can change clothes. The blessing won't stop you. This is just, you know, a backpack, some rations, ambrosia, a nectar for an emergency, some jeans, a few extra shirts, and a warm jacket. The boots might be a little snug, but, well, we took up a collection. Good luck on your quest. Lacey dumped the things on the bed and started to hurry away, but Piper caught her arm. Hold on. At least tell me thank you. Why are you rushing off? Lacey looked like she might shake apart from nervousness. Oh, well, Drew might find out, Michael Mitchell explained. I might have to wear the shoes of shame, Lacey gulped. The what? 
Piper asked. Lacey Mitchell both pointed to a black shelf mounted in the corner of the room like an altar. Displayed on it were a hideous pair of orthodontic nurse shoes, bright white with thick soles. I had to wear them for a week once, Lacey whimpered. They don't go with anything. And there's worse punishments, Mitchell warned. Drew can charm speak, see? Not many Arf Aphrodite kids have that power, but if she tries hard enough, she can get you to do something pretty embarrassing. Piper, you're the first person I've seen in a long time who's been able to resist her. Charm speak. Piper remembered last night the way the crowd at the campfire had swayed back and forth between Drew's opinions and hers. You mean like you could talk something into doing things or giving you things, like a car? Oh, don't give Drew any ideas, Lacey gasped. But yeah, Mitchell, sa Mitchell said, she could do that. So that's why she's head counselor, Piper said. She convinced you all? Mitchell picked up a nasty wad of gum from under Piper's bed. Nah, she inherited the post when Selena Bordegard died in the war. Drew was second oldest. Oldest camper automatically gets the post unless somebody with more years or more completed quests wants the challenge. In case... In which case, there's a duel, but that hardly ever happens. Anyway, we've been stuck with Drew in charge since August. She decided to make some uh, changes in the way the cabin is run. Yeah, she did. Suddenly, Drew was there, leaning against the bunk. Lacey squeaked like a guinea pig and tried to run, but Drew put an arm around and out to stop her. She looked down at Mitchell. I think you missed some trash, sweetie. You better make another pass. Piper glanced toward the bathroom and saw that Drew had dumped everything from the bathroom bathroom waste bin some pretty nasty things all over the floor mitchell sat up on his haunches he glared at drew like he was about to attack which piper would have seen money paid money to see but he finally snapped fine drew smiled see piper hon we're a good cabin here a good family selena bordegard though you could take a warning from her she was recently passing information to chronos and the titan army helping the enemy Drew smiled all sweet and innocent with her glittery pink makeup and her blow-dried hair lush, smelling like nutmeg. She looked like any popular teenage girl from any high school, but her eyes were as cold as steel. Piper got the feeling Drew was looking straight into her soul, pulling out her secrets, helping the enemy. Oh, none of the cabin, other cabins talk about it, Drew confided. They act like Selena Bordegard was a hero. She sacrificed her life to make things right, Mitchell said. She was a hero. Mm-hmm, Drew said. Another day on garbage control, Mitchell. But anyways, Selena lost track of what this cabin is about. We make huge, cute matchups at camp. Then we break them apart and start over. It's the best fun ever. We don't have any business getting involved in other stuff like wars and quests. I certainly haven't been on any quests. They're a waste of time. Lacey raised her hand nervously. But last night you wanted to go on a... Drew glared at her, and Lacey's voice died. Most of all, Drew continued, we certainly don't need our image tarnished by spies, do we, Piper? Piper tried to answer, but she couldn't. There was no way Drew knew about her dream or her dad's kidnapping. Was there? It's too bad you, wouldn't, you won't be around, Drew sighed. But if you, survive, if you survive your little quest, don't worry. I'll find somebody to match up with you. Maybe one of those gross Hephaestus kids. Or Clovis. He's pretty repulsive. Drew looked over with a mix of pity and disgust. Honestly, I didn't think it was possible for an Afro for Aphrodite to have an ugly child. But who was your father? Was he some sort of mutant? Or Tristan McLean, Piper snapped. As soon as she said it, she hated herself. She never, ever played the famous dad card. But Drew had given her the over the edge. My dad is Tristan McLean. The stunned silence was 
gratifying for a few seconds, but Piper felt ashamed of herself. Everybody turned and looked at the poster, her dad flexing his muscles for the whole world to see. Oh my god! Half the girl screamed at once. Sweet, a guy said. The dude with the sword who killed the other dude in that movie? He's so hot for an old guy, a girl said, and then she blushed. I mean, I'm sorry, I know he's your dad, that's so weird. It's weird, alright, Piper agreed. Do you think you can get me his autograph? Another girl asked. Piper forced a smile. She couldn't say if my dad survives. Yeah, no problem, she managed. The girl squealed in excitement, and more kids surged forward, asking a dozen questions at once. Have you ever been on set? Do you like a ma- Do you live in a mansion? Do you have lunch with movie stars? Have you ever- Have you had your rite of passage? That one caught Piper off guard. Right of what? she asked. A girl and guys giggled and shoved each other around like this was an embarrassing topic. The rite of passage for an Aphrodite child, one explained. You get someone to fall in love with you, then they break you break their heart. Dump them. Once you do that, you've proven yourself worthy of Aphrodite. Piper stared at the crowd to see if they were joking. Break someone's heart on purpose? That's terrible. The other the others looked confused. Why? a guy asked. Oh my god, a girl said. I bet Aphrodite broke your dad's heart. I bet he never loved anyone again, did he? That's so romantic. When you have your rite of passage, you can be just like your mom. Forget it, Piper yelled, a little louder than she's intended. The other kids backed away. I'm not breaking anyone's heart just for a stupid rite of passage. Which, of course, gave Drew a chance to take back control. Well, there you go, she cut in. Selena said the same thing. She broke the tradition, fell in love with Beckendorf, the Beckendorf boy, and stayed in love. If you ask me, that's why things ended tragically for her. That's not true, Lacey squeaked, but Drew glared at her and she immediately melted back into the crowd. Hardly matters, Drew continued, because, Piper, hun, you couldn't break anyone's heart anyway. And this nonsense about your dad being Tristan McLean, that's so begging for attention. Several of the kids blinked uncertainly. You mean he's not her dad? One asked. Drew rolled her eyes. Please. Now it's time for breakfast, people, and Piper here has to start her that quest. So let's get packed and out of here. Drew broke up the crowd and got everyone moving. She called them hun and dear, but her tone made it clear she expected them to obey. Mitchell and Lacey held Piper pack. They even guarded the bathroom while Piper went in and changed into a better, better traveling outfit. The hand-me-downs weren't fancy, thank God, just well-worn jeans, a t-shirt, and a comfortable winter coat, and hiking boots that fitted perfectly. She strapped her da- dagger, Cateropis, to her belt. When Piper came out, she almost felt normal again. The other campers were standing at their bunks while Drew came around and expect- inspected. Piper turned to Mitchell and Lacey and mouthed, Thank you. Piper was really happy. Mitchell nodded grimly. Lacey flashed a full, racist smile. Piper doubted Drew had ever thanked them for anything. She also noticed that the King of Sparta poster had been wadded up and thrown in the trash. Drew's orders, no doubt. Even though Piper had wanted to take the poster down herself, now she was totally steam. When Drew spotted her, she clapped in in mock applause. Very nice, our little quest girl, all dressed up in dumpster clothes again. Now off you go. No need to eat breakfast with us. Good luck with... whatever. Bye. Piper shouldered her bag. She could feel everyone else's eyes on her as she walked to the door. She could just leave and forget about it. That would have been an easy thing. That's what she did. What did she care for this cabin? These shallow kids. Except that some of them had tried to help her. Some of them had even stood up to Drew for her. She turned to the door. 
You know, you don't all have to listen to Drew's orders. The other kids shifted. Several glanced at Drew, but she looked too stunned to respond. Um, she's our head counselor, one managed. She's a tyrant, Piper corrected. You can think for yourselves. There's got to be more to, to Aphrodite than this. More than this, one kid echoed. Think for ourselves? A second muttered. People, Drew screeched. Don't be stupid. She's charm speaking you. No, Piper said. I'm just telling the truth. At least Piper thought that was the case. She didn't understand exactly how this charm speaking business worked, but she didn't feel like she was putting on any special power into her words. She didn't want to win an argument by tricking people. That would make her no better than Drew. Piper simply meant what she meant. Besides, even if she tried charm speaking, she had a feeling it wouldn't work very very well another charm speaker like Drew. Drew sneered at her. You may have a little power, Miss Movie Star, but you don't know the perfect thing about Aphrodite, the first thing about Aphrodite. You have such great ideas. Why don't, what do you think this cabin is about them? Tell them. Then, maybe I'll tell them a few things about you, huh? Piper wanted to make a, a withering retort, but her anger turned to panic. She was a spy for the enemy, just like Selena Bordegard, an Aphrodite traitor. Did Drew know about that, or was she bluffing? Under Drew's glare, her confidence began to crumble. Not this, Piper managed. Aphrodite is not about this. Then she turned and stormed out before the others could see her blushing. Behind her, Drew started laughing. Not this? Hear that, people? She doesn't have a clue. Piper promised herself she would never, ever go back to that cabin. She blinked away her tears and stormed across the green, not sure where she was going, until she saw the dragon swooping down from the sky. And that was the end of chapter 15. I hope you guys had a good time listening to me read this chapter. I am in quite a rush, though, so I won't be able to talk or say much about the chapter. But dragon swooping down in the end, that's quite interesting. So please do listen to the next chapter. Come back next week. Um, yeah, load that. Isaac, out.